Peace and blessings, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Crystal Parker, and welcome to episode 22 of Real Shift Happens. In this episode, we're discussing our March book selection for the Real Shift Book Club. So stay tuned because you don't want to miss a thing. I go within, walking in the fertile soil of my own being. There, my ancestors' fossilized footprints lead the path to my destiny, embedded in my soul. I can feel the pain and the toil, the sorrow. I bear the weight on my shoulders, but also the joy, the laughter, the song. I hear my community deep within my spirit, quietly guiding my footsteps along the path. I go within. Thank you so much for joining me. This is our special monthly book club episode. Yay. And this month for March, we're reviewing The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I hope you were able to read it or listen to it on audio, audiobook, because it is a life-changing book. And if you didn't get a chance to read it, we are definitely going to break it all down here. And on this episode, I have a special guest who's going to help me dissect the book from beginning to end. So if you didn't get a chance to read it, you definitely will get the full rundown here. But we'll do that right after our five-minute focus shift. Returning to the source is serenity. meditation. Sit comfortably in your chair. Close your eyes and relax. One of the best ways to train your brain to focus on the positive is through practicing the state of appreciation. Bring your awareness to your breath. Taking deep breaths in and relaxing as you breathe out. Breathing in slowly and breathing out slowly. We are now going to learn a good way to celebrate the gifts in our life. Continue to breathe slowly in and breathe slowly out. 
Remember a time when you felt really grateful for a special moment in your life. It could be with family, a loved one, friends, or in nature. Let your heart feel that feeling like the warmth of the sun is shining on it. Feel that warm sun moving from your heart to all over your body. Through your arms and your legs into your fingers and toes. Enjoy this feeling of being surrounded as though your entire body is being wrapped in a warm, cozy blanket. Continue to breathe in and out gently as you feel grateful and happy. Try to embrace this feeling for as long as possible. Slowly, gently open your eyes and welcome back. Okay, and we're back. Slowly coming back to present moment awareness. And yes. So relaxing, so very, very relaxing. I love it. I really look forward to my meditation every single day. Um, And now, right now with everything that's going on in the world and how we're all pretty much at home, um, I'm a part of a meditation group and we meditate uh, online together every day. So that's that's pretty comforting. So I definitely encourage you to um, find a meditation group. There's plenty online on Instagram. I mean, just look up meditation groups. There's one I know on uh, YouTube. 
which is on the, what, what is the channel? Understanding channel. And it's with Savan uh, Bomar. He's been doing a meditation every day for the past, tw I think he's on day 12 now. So you can check that out. Um, like I said, it's on YouTube. His channel is Inner Standing. And he's so, so knowledgeable just on so many levels. And uh, he's doing a group meditation with his group that he's um, doing live on live with on YouTube. So if you don't or if you can't find a group to meditate with or if you're looking for a group to meditate with, that is a great one. Now, I'm in California and I think he's in Costa Rica. So his morning meditation is at 645 or something like that. So you'd have to be up really early. But even if you didn't uh, catch the live, he does play the recorded version back on his channel. So that's something to think about and consider. Um, or there's also... Um, what do you, uh, what do you call it? Apps, meditation apps, guided meditation apps. That's a good idea just to, to use. I just think it in this time of what everyone's going through, because it can be very frustrating. Um, people aren't used to, you know, just sitting at home like me. <laughs> My life did not change whatsoever. So, um, I guess, uh, I, you know, for me, it's same old, same old, but a lot of people are having a hard time adjusting. And I totally understand, um, because I used to be the always out person. And when I, I just couldn't sit still and had to always be outside of my house and then I turned into a homebody. So I get it. Um, so, you know, don't forget to still communicate with your people if you can, even if you've never been on webcam, do a FaceTime, do a, you know, camera call, webcam call, so that you can feel closer to people right now. So you don't actually feel isolated like it can, can be um, being at home stuck at home especially like you know that's one of the things you kind of have to get used to anyway when you work from home is the isolation I mean it's very isolating you do get used to it um, but you have to find the ways to keep yourself communicating with the outside world so we have to just remember to stay in touch call people um you know, text, get on a video call. Let's just do what we can to make this time go by. You know, that's how I feel. Just follow the directions and let's let the time go by. And uh, we'll be back to probably something different, maybe. It's definitely going to be a post-coronavirus era. Um, but we will get back to life. Okay. I mean, I have faith that life will get back to somewhat normal, even though it may be different than what it was before all of this happened. 
So anyway, um, on to the subject at hand, The Power of Now, which is really a great, great book to read right now. And um, because it's, it's really important that we stay centered. And this book is like a manual or a guide to do just that, to, to keep your center. And um, yeah, and I have a really, really, really special guest who's going to help me break that down. So let's get into that right now. Returning to the source is serenity. This episode, we have my very, very special guest. She is actually a sister from another mister, one of my <laughs> closest friends. <laughs> We've been friends for years. Um, she's an NYU graduate with a degree in creative writing. And, of course, she has read The Power of Now. She loves the book, just like me. We're fans of the book. Um, her name is Kat Jagger. Yay, Kat. Bye. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. Of course. I'm so, oh my God, you don't understand how I'm, how excited I am to have you because when I thought of this book, of doing this book as, um, for the month of March, I thought of you instantly, but I wasn't sure, you know, I just wasn't sure where you were at as far as if you would want to actually join me. So I honestly, like, didn't say anything to you for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know this. And, um, and then I finally, like, got the courage. I was like, you know what, let me just ask her if she doesn't want to do it, fine. But I'm so, I'm so happy you're here. So glad. I'm so excited to be here too. This is a, a great, great book. One of my faves for sure. So I'm excited to speak yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so with that, why don't you go ahead? Like, can you um, maybe just give us like a brief synopsis of the book and what it what it's about, you know, and then we can start from there and we can just like go into it all. Yeah. So The Power of Now is a uh, pretty much um, a book by Eckhart Tolle, who also wrote A New Earth. And um, it's pretty much uh, talking about how important it is to be present. What's great about this book is he gives you all of the tools that you need. Um, In the audible version, uh, he has uh, folks asking questions and um and it's it's really a terrific read and just so important especially for the times that we're in right now very mm-hmm. yeah definitely now i wanted to ask you this which i didn't ask you this before so you might you may or may not remember but do you remember when you first read this book cuz this book was published like back in what 2000 to 2008 or no 2004 <laughs> Man, I, you know, I cannot remember the first time that I read it. I do know that um, I had my books in storage for a while and I ended up buying it again um, Mm. a couple of years ago and um, and I reread it recently. So it's interesting because every time that you read it, you learn something new and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're clearly in a different place every time you know, you're reading a book when a few years have passed by and you just kind of pick up on different things that speak to you. But 
I mean, it's just, it's a timeless book and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. And yeah, my third time reading it. And I've listened to the audio, the audible, um, book probably three times as well. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't remember exactly when I read it first, but I feel like when I read it the first time, I I took in some things, but it's so different reading it now. Yeah, like, the first it's just time, so different. Yeah, it feels so dense. There's just so much mm-hmm. in and, and that's why he has uh, the little symbol in the book, just so you can kind of step away and digest whatever it is that you read until you read it a little bit more. And with the Audible book, he has a bell. So when you hear mm. the bell, it's just like, okay, put it down and just kind of sit with it for a little bit before you keep going. Yeah, that's true. Because it's just like literally like almost every sentence is just nuggets and jewels. Yeah, yeah you're going to have your highlighter and end up highlighting the whole book. It's mm-hmm. insane. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. So let's get into it. Let's um, let's kind of like, I mean, we can kind of go through the chapters like there's because there's only 10 chapters um, and just kind of like talk about them a little and. You know, like what, what, how it related to us. And I think that would be a good way to express like how important this book really is. Yeah, that's great. We can totally do that. Um, Okay, let's do it. Yeah. So chapter one is you are not your mind. Mm. Even I mean, even the titles, the titles <laughs> of the chapters alone. And then he break like if you have the book, he does break down the chapters even more into like little uh sub sub what do you call you know, sub chapters, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um so even just reading those, you get you you can tell that like, okay, this is gonna be good. So you are not your mind. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what does that mean for you? Um, you know, it's interesting because your mind has a way of just kind of speaking to you throughout the course of the day and it's important for you to recognize that uh that is not who you are. You know, it's just kind of like this uh autopilot thing that we've been doing all along, you know. In the um introduction, he talks about how depressed he was and how he wanted to like end it all and he said I cannot live with myself and at that point he realized that I and myself are two different beings and Mm -hmm. I think that once you start to separate them it becomes a little bit more clear to you kind of the the person you've been behaving as and the being that you are and how they're two different entities oh Yes, that is deep. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So, uh, so that's pretty much where he was going in chapter one. He was just kind of like teaching you about what's real and what's false, and um, and what you've been identifying with, and how that probably hasn't been serving you. And he's just kind of giving you a, a few tools to recognize that and to be still and to see when that happens and to pull yourself away a little bit and Mm. um, start to get in touch with who you really are. Mm, That's so real. Yeah. I I remember when my son was little, he used to always say like, my brain is telling me to do this or that. And I, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just so funny that like, as that, you know, small child, he recognized like, 
almost that separation of what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. yeah, I really wish that this is one of the, I remember when I was pregnant, everybody was like, oh, you've got to read what to expect when you're expecting, you know? And although it, it was a very helpful book and a staple for all first time mommies, I really do wish that more people would read The Power of Now when they're mm-hmm. pregnant. You know, oh, I think yeah. it's so important to teach your child at a very, very young age the difference, you know, between the character, in quotes, and the real person and how mm-hmm. important it is to be present and how you can't kind of fall into a trance of being angry or being upset or having a tantrum and just kind of being present and recognizing that, you know, everything that you need, you have now, and that when you get upset, it's something from the past or in the future, and it doesn't matter because we're Mm. now, you know, and I just feel like that would be such a great tool for all children to to have when they're little, you know, so that Mm. they do all of this angst as preteens and teenagers and even as young adults and grown people, you know, it it just would be so good for them to to have this kind of uh, information. Yeah. And it's, it's too, it's like, they're kind of already conscious in a way, you know, and then they become unconscious, like, you know, and it's like, like that he, he intuitively knew like that separation. And it's just like, then slowly, but surely, you know, you just go into this trance or whatever, which does take us to chapter two, being conscious, the, the consciousness, the way out of pain. Yeah, I really love this chapter as well, because this is where he talks um, about the pain body mm. and, and how um, a lot of us identify who we are with the pain that we've experienced. You know, yes. if there's a song that we used to listen to when we were in a relationship and then we break up and we hear the song all of a sudden back in trans, you know, we're, mm. upset, we're depressed and we're sad because of the song. And, you know, you want to talk about it and you want to cry about it and all this other stuff and how sometimes you don't want to let go of that pain because it's so part of who you are that you don't even know who you are without the pain, you know? Mm. Yes. That yes. Was- that was a really, really great chapter. And everything that he says about the pain body is right on point, you know? Yeah, um, the pain body. I, I think it's so important to talk about that. Like, what do you, I mean, because the pain body, as he described it, is like almost like a separate thing from us. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think about that? Like, what is the pain body? I mean, I think the pain body is just kind of like... Um, it's a part of of us that mm-hmm. um, that just kind of surfaces every now and again. You know, there are triggers that make the pain body come out. You know, it's like, it's almost like, you know, and in the book he says feeding it, feeding your pain mm-hmm. body. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't feed your pain body, it's not always going to be present, you know. Um, I'm trying to find a little line in here. If you don't bring the light of your consciousness into the pain, you will be forced to relive it again and again, you know? So it's almost like being asleep and just letting this pain take over who you are when that doesn't need to happen. You know, you can have an experience that's painful and you can feel it and then you kind of get through it and get on the other side of it and keep it moving. You know, there's no need 
to continuously be seduced into this sadness or this unhappiness because like we said uh it's in the past so it doesn't exist now you know right relationship that you had or this marriage that went badly or this you know this death that occurred you know it it happened you know you experienced it when it happened you learned what you needed to and then you move forward you know as opposed to being a magnet to the pain Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah, because I think, too, even with physical pain, it's like, I mean, it's hard. I know it's hard. I'm not, you know, diminishing like anyone's pain. But it's like when you have some people who have physical pain or chronic pain, I feel like really live in that pain body because they their whole identity is around this physical pain. So true. Yeah. And then they just want to talk about it and tell you about it and, yeah. you know, all of these things. But I mean, it's for all those levels, like you said, it's like, like for me, I've had a lot of deaths in the family. So it may, I, in a way, like I do want to talk about it sometimes, but yeah. I find that when I do talk about it, I am reliving that pain yeah. and yeah. I'm holding on to the pain that you know came from that when it's it's done it's you know yeah. they're dead and, and I'm not saying that in a cold callous way I'm just saying it, it just is what it is you right. know right. and and, and you've it, already experienced it so why would you put mm-hmm. your body through the trauma of re-experiencing it exactly yeah. and then on a deeper level too it's like if we really are real about this like their spirit is still here with me or you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're still with me for real, for real. Yeah. And that's you know, not the saying. No, of course. And that, that goes into what Eckhart says about being present when you're present, mm-hmm. you know, instead of going backwards into the memory and reliving stuff that happened already, you recognize when you're in a new space and you're present that they're still with you, but just in a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that can be very helpful also because it's not like, you know, they're gone and that's the end of it. You know, we have our ancestors with us. We have their pain, you know, flowing through our DNA for generations and generations. As Eckhart also discusses when he talks about um, collective pain, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and then there's the positive side of it too, you know, just recognizing synchronicity and recognizing that things are turning a corner in a right direction or things are getting better because especially with mourning, there's the sadness and the heaviness and, and all of that pain that you feel. But then when you get through the pain and you get over on the other side, there's kind of a lightness where it's Mm -hmm. just, okay, you've accepted it. And, um, and you're feeling, you're feeling okay because you know, Mm -hmm. it's the cycle, you know? Right. Yeah, it's part of the cycle. It's part of the process. Yeah. It's part of life. Yeah. Yeah, or or this realm at least. <laughs> right, and this is the part of the book where he talks about the importance of presence, you know, mm. and witnessing, you know, the pain that happens, like witnessing the triggers that cause it, witnessing how you react to it, so that you can begin to respond instead of reacting, you know, mm. which is really important if you mm-hmm. want make a change you know you have to first recognize the change it's almost like that person who apologizes and doesn't even know why they're apologizing they're just kind of saying it you know Mm. you you have to really 
understand what it is that's causing you to be in this pain and you have to look at it and you have to decide, you know what, I'm not going to allow this to take me down that road anymore and just Mm -hmm. kind of associate yourself with that pain body. Right. That's yeah, that's. And then I guess that actually moves us into, I mean, this, this book really does flow nicely and that's moves us into chapter three is, into moving deeply into the now like getting just more deeply into the present right which really is the essence of the book right yeah yeah it really is the power now and and it, (laughs) it explains exactly what happens you know it says that the future is a replica of the past you know the quality of your consciousness at this moment is what shapes the future Mm. so Mm. You know, instead of thinking about what you want and where you want to be and how you're going to live and all this other stuff, you kind of have to accept where you are and have the gratitude of where you are. And Mm -hmm. that energy is going to kind of make the universe align in a certain way with whatever it is that you're desiring and kind of um, head you in the direction that you want to go in and maybe even give you a boost to get there as opposed to the whole uh, not even being present and just projecting too much into the future or like we said about the pain body, the past, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good point um, because uh, I think that's just what it is, is that we we like to either be in the past or the future. I mean, that's just most people. They're just yeah. in their heads, it's totally yeah. in their heads. And yeah. um, it's, it's so much power in that, in accessing the present moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And all it takes is a simple choice, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what he says in this chapter, you know, a simple decision, no matter what happens, I will create no more pain for myself and I will create no more problems. And it really is, mm. you know, in the, in the audible book you hear the woman asking you know how do I let go of it and he's like uh, the same way you would drop a hot coal <laughs> you know mm. let it go it's not that it's not that difficult you just let it place. go yeah and decide and and that's it and isn't it I mean that's that's a good point though because it is like a choice I mean we're not saying everything it's not we're not saying people who have like you know crippling d- diseases or disabilities um have a choice we're not talking about that yeah um but we're just talking about um on a level of you know holding on to certain pain and certain things in in your life that really you can let go of kind of you know yeah absolutely yeah I feel that I feel that a lot because even just like I mean I don't know I guess certain people maybe have a tendency to hold on to certain things more or whatever and then you know because like honestly my grandfather I remember he was the type of person that like he I remember growing up him being like I would be like aren't you mad over that he'll be like why why would I get mad over that like I don't like that's not you know what I mean like that's not affecting me yeah like that so you know and I remember that but it was harder for me to actually let go of shit I mean, he was wiser <laughs> and older, but I'm just saying, I guess now that I'm a little older, I, I do get it more. 
Yeah, so do I. I mean, you know, you've always got to ask yourself, you know, is this making it better or not? And if right. it's making it better, then what's the point? You know, you're just, it's just putting yourself at a disservice. It just doesn't make any sense. If it's not, if it's not going to push you forward, it's just going to push you back, you know? And yeah. That's what you don't want. Right. Yes. Yeah, and this uh, this chapter is a chapter where uh, I think he starts talking about surrender also, um, and uh, accepting. Yeah, what things about. are exactly. Yeah, just kind of yeah. going with the, the flow, and just always imagining just being in the ocean and fighting against the waves, or just kind of like being still and and going with the waves you know what I mean mm. and he's very clear in saying that you know remaining inactive through fear of failure is a whole different thing that's not surrender that's fear <laughs> right so, uh, so it's important to know the difference between uh between the two but um being present and um and and knowing how to surrender I think is really important too yeah that's true and I I have one thing I think I got from this chapter that I highlighted where did I put it um where he's talking about um oh you cannot be both unhappy and fully present in the now it's it's like if you're really in the now you're not dwelling on all the bullshit you know you're you're you know you can't how it's like an oxymoron to be unhappy and to be fully present in the now like you can't yeah Yeah, you can't because right now this second there's nothing to be unhappy about right because you if you if you are unhappy you're thinking about some old shit right or you're thinking about what you don't have in the future or or what you you know yeah i can't pay the rent i don't know what's going to happen when is this coronavirus shit going to (laughs) end Exactly. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today. Um, at, I'm in New York, and um, and so transit is a, a big part of our lives here in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, and she works for transit, and a couple of people in her like direct commute, like her, her immediate coworkers, um, have it. And it's mm-hmm. just, so they were just like everybody go home. And she was just kind of like, I don't know what this is gonna mean. I don't know if like they're going to just not pay us or what the situation is. And it was just kind of like, don't sweat it. You know, I'm sure that if you look into um, some of the new bills that are being passed, that there's going to be like a pause on, you know, paying your mortgage and there's going to be, you know, funds that are allocated or what, like it's going to work out. It's, it's it always works out. Like no one is going to throw you, out into the street because during coronavirus you you know you weren't able to work and make your money you know as long as you have your home and your groceries and your family like it's Mm -hmm. gonna be you know this idea of panic is just like it's just you know it's unfortunate people don't need to panic right now yeah it is it's it's really crazy because I mean it would it's happening to everyone though collectively (laughs) so that also says something about the collective, yeah. You know, and yeah. what what's happening within the collective as a whole. Yeah, and he touches upon that too, just about how we're killing the earth 
that we need mm. <laughs> to sustain ourselves and how there's kind of like a collective insanity that's happening that causes these wars, that causes all of this, uh, you know, these differences between us that just doesn't make any sense because we're all humans and we all need mm -hmm. to get along with each other and we all need to take care of the earth that we live on. And it's just like you said, a collective insanity that's happening right now. It's crazy. And that's why too, this book though, I think is so important, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, if everybody were to just be open to it and to just kind of, uh, you know, just take it in and see how you feel. I mean, it could make a difference. It can make a huge difference if everybody's on the same page, you know? Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, let's go on to chapter four. Chapter, are we only on chapter four? <laughs> We're, <talking, laughs> We're going to get through it, though. It's only 10. <laughs> the two-hour um, podcast. <laughs> no, guys, like that a marathon podcast like Joe Rogan. And uh, he had like a five-hour podcast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And it's like one of the most watched podcasts on YouTube. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, five hours. And, you know, with the coronavirus, where's everybody going? <laughs> they might as well right. sit down and listen to the five, this podcast. We just do a 24-hour live and just <laughs> let people listen to our crazy conversations. Exactly. Like, that's funny. Yeah, nobody cares. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, chapter four, mind strategies for avoiding the now. Is that chapter four? Yeah. Did I write down? Yeah. Yeah. Mind strategies for avoiding the now. Right. Because the mind is trying to trick you, right, into yeah. avoiding the now. Because the ego is just so powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh and in this chapter, this is when he talks about how you can use a challenge to either awaken you or you can allow it to pull you into an even deeper sleep. So Again, it's pretty much telling you to be present and be aware of what's happening so that you don't slip into a trance, you know? Right. And mm. remain present, you know? One of the things he says is it's so, it's essential to bring more consciousness into your life in ordinary situations when everything is going relatively smoothie, smoothly <laughs> so that, um, you know, you can grow in presence and power. And so it's one of those things where like, you don't want to wait until you're angry to try and say, hey, let me go inside of myself and see what's triggering this. You know, you want right. to do it on a day-to-day -day basis so that you can train it like a muscle where you can sit still and you can listen to the birds chirping outside or you can look at the flower as you're walking up the block or, you know, you can just slowly pay attention to things that are going to make you present so that you're right in this moment, right here, right now. And, and once you become comfortable with being present, then when the hard times come or the emotions rise or something like that, it'll be a little bit easier for you to be present while these uh, challenges, challenging times come. Mm, that's, that's important too, yeah. because the more present you are when the challenging times come, the more calm, you know, you can be to think through what, what needs to happen. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he's pretty much in this chapter talking about all of the different things that happen that kind of try to push you off track. And uh, and unhappiness is is one of those things. And this is a chapter where he talks about the law of resonance, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, and he talks about how uh, negative inner state is contagious. Um, Unhappiness spreads more easily than a physical disease through the Mm -hmm. law. Resonance, it triggers and feeds latent negativity in others unless they're immune to it, which is highly conscious. So I don't know. It's kind of like when you egg someone on, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you're like, yeah, can you believe that? Um, Blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, I can't. And then they get all riled up, too. You know, it's like a it's contagious. You know, the negativity Mm. is contagious, you know. That's so true. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, positivity is as well. So if you Mm. kind of surround yourself with people who are on a higher vibration, you know, it'll resonate a little bit, uh, a little bit more because, you know, the way that you and I are on the phone and, you know, this is a great thing. And I just read this book and, oh my gosh, did you see this documentary? You know, we're kind of like paddle balling it back and forth. And then we get off the phone and we're smiling and we're in good spirits. You know what I mean? And it's important for you to recognize that because you don't want to be in a position where you're paddle paddle balling the unhappiness back and forth and where you're getting swept up into the latent or the dormant like negativity and just waking it up because you're around other people who are negative as well you know Mm, yeah and that's that's a good way of breaking it down too because you know it was almost like when you were growing up your parents just was like don't hang around this person or that person and you know, you didn't really have the full explanation of like, why? Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you grow up and tell your kids, oh, no, mm-hmm. you're not hanging out with that one. <laughs> right. And you don't tell them why. No, but we're telling them why. They better listen to this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and no. my daughter, I, when I have the audible on in the background, she'll make fun, but she's quoting it. <laughs> right. That's so funny. Isn't that funny how they act like they don't want to hear you, but then you hear them telling their friends something or whatever, like, ah. It's so hilarious. Yeah, it is. It really is. Ah, kids. But, um, yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, our minds are just too powerful. Um, And then let's just go into chapter five, the state of presence. State of presence. And we both have the books in front of us, right? Yeah, and we both like highlighted and did a bunch of little notes on the side. So if Mm -hmm. you hear the pages kind of clicking back and forth, that's what we're doing. Okay. This is a book ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want to hear the book? Yes. Hear that? I'm sure that's probably a thing. (laughs) Yeah, listen, and if it's not, it is now, right? So the state of present. I mean, as you can tell, it's about being present. But the thing about the book is that the way he breaks down how not being present affects, like, every single part of your life. It's so true. And he gives you tools, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He gives you 
principles and he kind of walks you through it. It's not like, uh, and it's not something that's so complicated that you don't even get it. Like you're going to read it and you're going to be like, whoa, this makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's simple. It, and that's what always makes something so powerful when you can put it so simply um, for other people to digest, like in a way, and it resonates with them, like on a deeper level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, talking. this book is huge. This is a huge book, like, by the way, this is yeah. not just something we pulled out of obscurity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it really is. And it's one of those must have books that I just wish the same way that we have our great American novels. I just right. Really- that this was a book that every single person on the planet would just would just reach out and um and and pick up because it's just it's so many jewels so many jewels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this chapter he's talking about having deep roots within and says the key is to be in a state of permanent connectedness with your inner body to feel it at all times this will rapidly deepen and transform your life the more consciousness you direct into the inner body the higher vibrational frequency become you know Mm, that is powerful wait what page is that that's what we were talking about before 116 okay no that i love that Yet have deep roots. Mm-hmm. Be- and that is really, really super important now, right yeah. now, to yeah. have to be deeply rooted in our being, in yeah. our own being, in our space, in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. because he talks about that later, too. What we wait, what chapter is that? He talks about that in chap- the next chapter. The oh. next chapter. Okay. Um, as far as like when you're deeply rooted in yourself, mm-hmm. your immune system goes up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Remember that part? Yeah. It says uh, most illness creeps in when you are not present in the body. You know, mm. if the master mm. is not present in the house, all kinds of characters will take up residence there. When you inhabit your body, it will be hard for unwanted guests to enter. Oh, yeah. So uh, it talks about your psychic immune system and how enhanced it is and protects you from um, negative mental, emotional force fields from others. And um, and he talks about how contagious that is and raising the frequency vibration of your total energy field um, so that anything that vibrates at a lower frequency, such as fear, anger, depression and so on now. And is- disease, coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and then he talks about powerful self-healing meditations, you know. And he also talks about alchemy, you know, turning mm. negativity into positivity and turning these uh, these ill feelings and ill vibrations into something positive. So, um, so yeah, this is a really great uh, chapter as well. Because little by little, he's teaching you some tools to recognize what's real, what's not real, um, mm. when you're being present, what what that kind of looks like, you know, and now he's stepping it up and, um, and he's giving you some examples of meditation and conscious breathing and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the tools, the tools that you're, that you're going to need to help you get to the level, um, that you need to get to in order to be present, you know? Yeah. Because I think that's so important the way he, he does it. And like you said, that, 
um, progression because at the beginning he's saying, you know, even the idea that you are not your mind, that is for some people is so alien, you know, it's, it's such a way out there type of thing because we've been trained to be like, mind is all, I mean, mind, you know, they're on a level there is, but mind is all. You know what I mean? Of course. In this, in this masculine, you know, society that we live in, it's like live on your left side, live on the left. Li- you know, you know what I mean? Live on this analytical side. Yeah. You know, and or even Descartes talking about how uh, I think, therefore I am. Like exactly. mm, that's kind of not why you are, because if you're right. you now. So we, and we, in this society, we're thinkers. Like we, you know, we're in this first world or whatever. We, we want to think our way out of things. We rational. It's, you know, you're too emotional. You're not supposed to use this other side and all that. So this is really what he's coming, bringing us back to. And so many people at the beginning are uncomfortable, like with being present it's like you you you're uncomfortable with your own state of being it's true you know yeah yeah and and thing and you know the people that are just oh my god what do you mean don't think how can I possibly stop my thoughts from happening and it's just kind of like uh take a deep breath (laughs) and just uh don't think you know what I mean it's it's so peaceful when you don't think I could just imagine how chaotic it must be to have these incessant thoughts all the time you know and he even mentions it's like a disease you know just thinking 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 all the time like this is how people can't rest easy and fall asleep this is you know what insomnia must feel like like it's just not a good idea for you to just let your brain run amok all the time yeah like you the chat I mean because we have that's the thing letting it run amok and I think that like for both of us for in particular like we've started doing you know transcendental meditation both of us and that literally like so, oh my gosh it's such a life changer and it really well, helps I, I feel another episode coming on about transcendental. oh oh yes girl <laughs> we have to that's our next episode life together changing. okay because both of us, seriously oh, it just it really helps you I mean meditation in general helps you to yeah. you know get try to get a hold of that mind. That's yeah. the whole point. It's like, you're not going to at the beginning, just like be there with no thoughts and mm-hmm. all this, but you got to get used to like being inside of your own space, yeah. like, and, and, and then get a hold of those thoughts, yeah. you know, learn how to be comfortable just being still, learn how to be mm-hmm. comfortable just being quiet, learn how to be comfortable just breathing, you know, yes. there, it's even the, that, uh, that whole comfortable silence thing, like, do you really mm. feel the need to talk all the time when you're around people or like, are you okay just being quiet? Like it That's just doesn't always time. have to be filled with words all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Or even if you're alone, like, are you ever alone without any other uh, distraction, any TV, right. any music, right. any, right. do, how often do people sit alone with nothing, no, no noise around right. them? Just being still, just sitting Mm -hmm. still, just breathing, not, you know, harping on the past, not worrying about the future, but just sitting quietly and just being still. 
Yeah, I think it's important. And if you can't like, oh, I, th- I don't know what part of the book it is, but he says in there, like, um, to if you, you know, if you can't do it, just like in a room or whatever, you can stare at a flower, you know what right. I mean? Like, right. or, you know, maybe a candle flame, right? Or something like that. Right. You know, just as long as you can just pull your own concentration into your own space, like in yeah. a way. Yeah. And, and all of those methods work. You don't have to sit with your legs crossed and, you know, with your fingers touching and, you know, like you just whatever. If you're looking at a flower and you stare at the flower, if you're, you know, your eyes are closed and you're listening to birds chirp without thinking about anything. I mean, there are just so many different ways. There's not one perfect way to do it. Just be present. Just be in the now. Just be still and be quiet and just um, be present, you know? I love it. I love it. So (laughs) (laughs) let's go on. Yeah, we, um, well, that was kind of, we kind of put chapter five and six together, the state of presence and the inner body, because it's kind of flows together in that way. It was like, like being present and then like taking that into your body, taking that to the the body. Yeah, and the whole book flows that way. I mean, Mm -hmm. Seriously, it's like one uh, one print CD that just goes from beginning to end and you can't like cut in between to hear the different songs. Like mm, this is yes. how the book flows. Okay. And it's just one beautiful melody. Seriously. It really is. And the way he writes is so simple and yet so like he the words that he uses, you can tell are just it's, well, it flew. It flew. Flew. It flew out of him. <laughs> You could tell it's something that had to like flow from him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah. it's so simple and it's it, it's just words that are carefully chosen, I think, like in a way that seems effortless almost. Mm-hmm. And that's only from flow. Yeah. It can yeah. only come from flow. Yeah. And it's super, super fluid. And, you know, talking about flow, the next chapter is uh, is talking about different portals that you can use to be present. And <laughs> one of the things he says is silence. And we just finished talking about that, you know. Right. Mm. And the silence is, he's saying, the source of the flow or the chi. Yeah, exactly. And he's saying, you know, one of the tools that you can use is to pay more attention to the silence than to the sound and how paying attention to outer silence creates inner silence and mind becomes still a portal is opening up so if you want to say yeah you guys are doing the tm and i get it that you can just sit still and be quiet but for other people it's difficult here's Mm -hmm. a tool that you can use you can legitimately just listen more to the sound than to the words and that's a way that you'll be able to separate the two. Ooh, that's a good point Right. That is a great point. And then he says, nothing in this world is so like God as silence. Mm. The brief silent intervals between the sentences. So even when someone is speaking and you notice the silent intervals in between the sentences, you're being present because you're right here with them, as opposed to listening to what they're saying and then visualizing a story in your mind that goes with what they're saying and then just kind of not being present. If you just listen for the spaces in between the sentences, you're here, you're present, you're in the now, you know? 
and that's mm-hmm. just another example which is why this book is so great he's giving you tools real life tools mm-hmm. to use to help you get comfortable and familiar with being in the now well say that one again for people in the back wait which one uh um, wait okay just that you said about how listening to a person to the spaces in between what someone is saying yes Yes. Um, all you have to do is pay attention to it. Even during conversation, become conscious of the gaps between the words, the brief silent intervals between sentences. As you do that, the dimension of stillness grows within you. You cannot pay attention to silence without simultaneously becoming still with it. Silence without stillness within. You have entered the unmanifested. That's page 136. Oh, that is oof. Yeah, jewels all throughout the book. Jewels. Mm. I mean that's and that is like the essence of it, right? Yeah. Just like the space, like getting comfortable in those spaces and yeah. like recognizing those spaces for yeah. the present moment and like just like, you know, the space, space, the, that word is just ooh. Yeah, it's so true. And and it's so it's so accurate. You know, if somebody is speaking, how many times do you feel like someone is telling you something and it's like a movie and you're creating this visual um, image in your mind as they're telling you a story? And it's just (laughs) kind of like you're not here. You're there wherever there is with that story, as opposed to being present, as to waiting for the silence in between the sentences and, and remembering you're here. This is now like being present. It's just one of those tools that you use to kind of help you along so that when you feel yourself going in another direction, you can just stop and say, nope, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be here. And this is what it is, you know? Mm, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love, see me personally, I love silence. <laughs> so I just do. I so do. Can I ask you a question? Just mommy to mommy. Have you yeah. trained your little one to be silent? Well, he's usually silent if, unless he's on the game. When uh-huh. he gets on the game, he turns into his alter ego. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he's like a whole other person. And he has like a little, char- you know, he cre- you know how the games create their own little avatars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And his are all like how he sees himself in the future is so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he's 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 a silent kid, actually. He doesn't make a lot of noise, like, he unless he's on the game. And other than that, our house, like, he, he doesn't even watch TV, hardly. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, um, that's – I love that, though. Um, so let's just go on to what – oh. I think we're up to that, Chapter 8. We are enlightened relationships. Ooh. This is where we were talking about the uh, the uh, dissolving the collective female pain body energy. Mm, yes, I know that's um that's one that you and I have discussed before. That um is so true. Yes, we were talking about how how as a collective especially you know well we're all there's so many collectives right there's like the collective as a whole and then there's the collective as women and then there's the you know and men and then collective as maybe black women or just you know it could be it could be broken down so many to so many levels right 
But we were just talking about a collective as women, and he he touches on the dissolving the collective female pain body, mm-hmm. and how we as a collective um, relate to our pain body as it also relates to like childbearing and to like men, our menstruation men, menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I was about to try to say menstrual. <laughs> When you were and like, I, men, I was like, oh. our mincies, our mincies. <laughs> Once the curse of Eve falls upon us. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, okay, we we definitely can relate as women and how we view having a menstrual cycle as something painful, something we kind of don't like want to have like I mean we know it's going to happen and we're not like ooh take it away because we really don't want to go through and that we're all either. very happy um to see it especially when we're active so right oh that. right there's that part of it so there are times that we love it but for the most part collectively we don't love it right yeah yeah we sure don't it's really uncomfortable and inconvenient and just, you know, the emotions that we have to go through. It's just so unfair, you know? Yeah. And he touches on like how, why, I mean, well, he also touches on how deep that goes. Yeah. How, how the, almost like the objectification of women and, and even like this, you know, slavery, yeah, all of these things, how we collectively hold on to this pain Mm -hmm. of how we've just been oppressed and, you know, suppressed as feminine energy, all of that. Yeah. And how we kind of uh, we we radiate that, you know, Mm -hmm. that pain Um, on page 166, he says certain races or countries in which extreme forms of strife and violence occur have a heavier collective pain body than others. You know, Mm. I think about um, what black people have gone through with slavery. I think about breeding farms, you know, and I think about that energy that's trapped in the DNA and how it gets passed on to the next generation and the generation after that and how even now in 2020 there are certain men who just have 15 baby mamas and it's just like no attachment and no commitment and it's just kind of like you know it's something that's in his DNA it's something that like that is a trauma it's a collective trauma that he's experienced and until he becomes present and he becomes aware of what's right and what's wrong and like what he should be doing as a father and what that means like it's just going to continue going from generation to generation to generation Mm -hmm. and And uh, yeah and he says the the, because being fully conscious of it is the only way to like come out of that yeah the only way that the pattern is going to change in order for it to go in a different direction you have to wake up if you're sleepwalking through it and then it just goes from generation to generation and nobody is pausing and nobody's saying wait a minute you know let me be present and let me take into consideration what's happening here but you're just moving and your body is just kind of calling you to behave in a certain way and you don't even know what it's about it's just what you're comfortable doing you know 
it's trauma. It's a collective trauma that you've experienced that, you know, maybe not your parent, maybe your grandparent, maybe your great, great grandparent, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's a show called finding your roots with Henry Louis Gates jr. And I always find it so fascinating that, um, the same story repeats itself over and Mm. over again, whether it's, you know, Oprah Winfrey learning about how someone down the line was a teacher and how she always felt this great need to teach everybody or, you know, LL Cool J talking about boxing and how much he loves it and why he's not even aware of the reason why he loves it so much and finding out that like his grandfather was a boxer. And, you know, there's Uh these things that happen from generation to generation and we don't know DNA well enough to understand all the intricacies of it all, but I honestly believe that the same way that Eckhart is talking about, um, you know, collective pain and, and collective trauma, it's, it's the same way that patterns kind of happen over and mm-hmm. over again through certain genes, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, the and they call it um, a family curse, right. but... <clears throat> Um, but it really like, you know, it's so deeper. It's so much deeper. It is so much deeper. And it doesn't have to be a curse because once mm-hmm. somebody recognizes what it is and makes a conscious choice to change it, you can take your entire lineage in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yes, so true. And that's what's I, so fantastic about the power of choice, you know, but you have to be present in order to choose, you know? Yeah. Mm, powerful I love that I love the way he um breaks it down though as far as like our pain body for women like we just really really have to recognize because we were talking about that too how um the period can be painful though Mm -hmm. like individually and how like you can have cramps and you have all these symptoms and how we look at the period is like painful and when it really is like the the life bearer mm-hmm. like it's the lifeblood it's you know yeah. and um if we change our perception about it and really really be conscious of what it really is and how powerful it is yeah you know? and where it comes from you know mm-hmm. on uh, page 167 he says the emotional or physical pain that for many women uh precede and coincide with the menstrual flow is the pain body in its collective aspect that awakens from its dormancy at that time. You know, although it Mm. can be triggered at other times too, it restricts the free flow of life energy through the body of which menstruation is a physical expression. So let's dwell on this for a moment and see how it can become an opportunity for enlightenment. Mm. And, and, And it's just you know, often a woman is taken over by the pain body at mm-hmm. that time. It has an extremely powerful energetic charge that can mm-hmm. easily pull you into unconscious identification. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you can be like, you know, I'm on my period. I don't have any time for this or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then here you are going into trans again. Or mm-hmm. you can stop for a moment. You can recognize that you're so powerful and you're so amazing and that life can be created because of this, because of Mm -hmm. this vessel, because of this experience that you're going through and how wonderful are you? (laughs) Mm, Right. Right. So it can go either way when you're, when you're on, on your cycle, you can either, Mm -hmm. 
you know, get angry and get upset and, and go through all these feelings. Or, you know, you can give a shout out to your ancestors before you and the ones before them and, you know, mm-hmm. all of the generations that have gone through this. And because of them and because of this cycle, here you are today, you know, mm. and just kind of put a positive spin on it. So it doesn't have to be this horrible curse, quote unquote, that, right. that you know. I mean, I don't want to sound like anti-man or anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> Who said it was a case? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, there's that that narrative. And then right. there's the reality of the situation, which is how incredible we are for, for having the ability to have life inside of us, growing inside of us and come through us. It's just mm-hmm. it's fascinating. You know, it is. And that's their curse that yeah. they can't do that, <laughs> that they can't bleed for uh, <laughs> 10 days and not die. It's not our curse, oh, guys. Lord, did you Ladies. Say 10 days? Oh, or, my I God. mean, some no. women, I'm just saying, some women Yikes. have heavy periods. It's true. It's true. And even if you, you know, you are in a position where you can guide a young girl who's having it for the first time and she's having questions about what it's going to be like and how much it's going to hurt and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff. And you just kind of guide in the direction of it's not, it's, it's all a fallacy. It's just a lot of, you know, garbage that's out there. This is a wonderful thing. It means that you're capable of creating life. And, you know, we're lucky because we're in an age where we have the, uh, the tools that we need in order Mm -hmm. to, put them in place and not be as uncomfortable as others before us have been. And, right. and they'll have it and they'll be like, oh, you know what? It really wasn't that terrible. And hmm. I mean, that's a large part of it, just how we're going to spin it. Now, there, it, it, we also were talking about how it even goes a little deeper for black women um, and how that pain body, you know, goes deeper because mm-hmm. of slavery and because Ooh. of you know the history because they're talking about childbirth mm-hmm. they're talking you know all of these things and when it comes to black women right now there's a big thing about childbirth being the yeah. mortality rate of w- black women dying from childbirth and mm-hmm. also like this whole thing of like the medical system not recognizing the pain when yeah. black women are in pain because they think you know, we can just hold the pain or whatever. I don't know. Or we don't yeah. have the pain. Yeah. You know, we have this um, huge tolerance for pain or whatever. Yeah. But, and yeah. but that directly ties into our pain body. Mm-hmm. And the pain collective body. pain from slavery, like you said, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah as black women. and re- But, you know, recognizing that pain body and really going into that you know Mm -hmm. that's that's the challenge yeah yeah and recognizing it is the key part because once you recognize it you can choose to make an adjustment yeah and Mm. then change like the lineage of the one who comes after you and the one who comes after her and the one who comes after her you know Mm -hmm. but you have to be aware of it you have to be present and you have to be conscious so that you can make that choice and take it in a different direction. I love this chapter though, because I love how he touches on, you know, that collective female pain body. And he doesn't really go into specifically black women, Mm -hmm. but he does, right. He does kind of touch on it and you know, like what he's talking about. Yeah. And this is someone who's not American and this is not someone who's a female, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, 
So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for him to be able to recognize that and to print this, it's it's serious. You know, this mm-hmm. is what we're going through, and this is what we talk about all the time. And for those people who are, oh, you're still complaining, slavery was hundreds of years ago. What's the like, no, this is, you know, it resonates. It resonates and it vibrates through us, through our genes, through our DNA, through our collective pain. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and uh, yeah, shout out to Eckhart Tolle for recognizing that. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He touches on everything. I mean, now I feel like we are waking up, especially in the rise of what's happening. A yeah. lot of people are waking up now. But you know, we just, we, we didn't realize the level collectively of how asleep, you know, we were, yeah. you know, yeah. and, um, but it's happening. It's happening. Awakening is happening. Yeah. And that's a, that's a very exciting change that's taking place. Mm-hmm. It is. But, oh, I don't know if you hear that. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get to the next chapter, chapter nine. Chapter nine, beyond happiness and unhappiness, there is peace. Oh, <laughs> that's that chap. That title is profound, right? Yes, seriously. And, you know, my favorite thing that he says in this chapter is ask yourself if there's anything I can do to the situation, improve it, remove myself from it or mm-hmm. accept it. Mm. So either change it, make it better, or re- like change it, improve it, remove it. Those, mm. are the- <laughs> Those are the three choices. Change, improve, or remove. There you go. So how about that for a mantra for all those people who want to meditate for the first time? Okay. Change, improve, remove. Nobody wants to hear you complaining. Okay, you've got Right. Mm. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite takeaway for this chapter, for sure, for sure. That's a good one. That is a good one. Because really, like, I think people do get stuck in the drama of whatever the situation is. Yeah. So, and that creates a chemical, you know, charge or whatever in your body or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, when you actually want to move beyond or go you know to a different place or get beyond whatever that is you will change improve or remove that shit you know (laughs) when you're ready because some people do like to dwell in in those places you know it's because they're sleeping and they don't know any better so because they don't have a choice in it they're just following what they're used to and what you're used to and what you're comfortable with is something that just kind of like uh what is that autopilot it's it's autopilot it's autopilot it's autopilot so you know being in pain being unhappy being sad being negative that's all the behavior of someone who's asleep because if you're awake who chooses unhappiness do you want to be i don't want to be unhappy (laughs) you know right and i think that when you're present you're not unhappy because nothing has happened in this moment to make you unhappy, you know? Yeah. And if you're unhappy or if you're like, you know, in that state, is it your mind that's keeping you in this state? Right. You right. know? Yeah. And, and recognizing mind, that? 
Yeah, that everybody wants to give all of these props to thinking and like, no, that's not what it is. Because clearly you're asleep, even though your mind is rattling a million miles an hour and you're in this situation that you don't want to be in. If you don't want to be in the situation, you either change the situation, you know, or you improve Mm -hmm. the situation or you remove yourself from the situation. Mm -hmm. And it's just that simple you have choices you don't have to be unhappy it's it's all gonna work out it always does Mm-hmm. that's so true yeah oh it's so important for us right now too it really is oh my gosh because we all know like what's going on in the world really is like it's it's changing things are changing it feels chaotic it you know it's it's a lot of unknown yeah right yeah And uncertainty is not a bad thing. It's actually Mm -hmm. an adventure. You know, if you're asleep and you're dreaming and you don't know where that dream is taking you, it's kind of freeing and you enjoy the dream because you don't know where you're going or what's going to happen in the dream. And there's no reason why real life can't be like that as well. Hmm. It doesn't have to be this boring robotic thing that you know, punch in the clock, make the money, pay the bills, punch in the clock, make the money, pay the bills. <laughs> like, right. You can actually like enjoy your life, enjoy the moments that you have with your children, with your loved ones, with your friends, with yourself, you know, sitting still mm-hmm. in your meditation and being quiet and, and just learning new things about you, learning new things about yourself, understanding things that you didn't understand before you know Mm -hmm. it's not good to dwell in the past and live in the past but it's interesting when you look back and you see some of the choices that you made and understand why you made those choices it's pretty cool it's like okay so that's what I was thinking okay so that's why that went in the direction it went in interesting you know and you've got to forgive yourself for whatever you did while you were sleepwalking You know, Mm. while you were unconscious and you made decisions or you said things or you behaved a certain way, forgive yourself. You, you know, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. You didn't know what you were doing. You were just Mm. walking through life, you know. But what's great is being present and having the opportunity to make a choice, a conscious choice where you behave differently. And that's what the exciting thing is. Mm, that's well said yes being able to be present being able to make a conscious choice being able to be a better person even though it sounds kind of kumbaya-ish but like (laughs) (laughs) I mean but I mean who wants to be a horrible person (laughs) I mean people I think that's why people don't want to recognize maybe too because they just don't want to do the work maybe though you know what I mean yeah yeah because it is work it really is but anything worth having is work you know yeah but yeah if you're working you gonna work some type Mm -hmm. of way Mm -hmm. so why not work on yourself (laughs) exactly and make yourself the best version of yourself that you possibly can you know yeah And this way you won't have to front and you won't have to lie and you won't have to, you know, put on these facades if you just really are the way that you want to be. Like, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And then live your life unapologetically because you're being the best version of yourself. So, totally. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Chapter 10, The Meaning of Surrender. Oh, he takes it 
to the end, like surrender. Yes, yes. And spoiler alert, I'm going to read the last sentence of the book, okay? Okay. It says, when you surrender to do what is and so become fully present, the past ceases to have any power. You do not need it anymore. Presence is the key. The now is the key. Mm. And like that is the whole point of the book. How, how to get to that point of realization, to surrender, to surrender, to not dwell in the past and to right. enjoy the power of now. That's beautiful. I love it. Total it's life. so, so important. I mean, surrender, too, is such like a key, I think, subject for a lot of religions, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah. a, it's a key factor for um, spiritual growth in general, though. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, when he was talking about different religions, I mean, the foundation of all of the different religions is to be present. Mm. You know, you can have all of your laws and your rules and your commandments or whatever, but like the point is to be present, to be present, to be present. Right. And that's the common denominator with all of the different religions. The, it's important to know the difference between um, surrendering and freezing in fear. You know, mm-hmm. there are some people who don't want to do some things because they're afraid that they're going to fail at it. And like fear is not surrendering. Fear is fear. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good is, discernment. Like yeah. what? Yeah. what? Because so, people, I think with that word surrender kind of pause you know, because they're like, wait, surrender? Do I have to like give up this? You know what I mean? Yeah. And surrender doesn't mean uh, giving up. You know what I mean? Like surrender doesn't mean, well, I'm just not going to do it because I'm surrendering. Like, no, that's fear. (laughs) You're afraid to do something. So you're not going to do it. Surrendering is accepting what it is. And Mm. just being at peace with that acceptance. That's what surrendering is. And so if you're, if there's something that's happening and, you know, like the example, my mom passed away last month, you know, if, if that's what happens, that's what happens. I accept what happens and, um, and I move through it, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, no, don't go. Oh my God, wait, I need you here. You've got to stay like, Mm-hmm. No, just accept it. It's okay. You were um, a great influence. You were a great person. You were a great being. I'm so grateful that I had you for all the years that I did. And mm-hmm. I love you and wish you well on your journey. You know, just surrender and accept it. And you can be sad and you can have your grief and you can have your pain and then you get through it on the other side. And it's okay, you know, surrendering is so important because it's the difference between accepting it and letting it go and clinging mm-hmm. on to it and being depressed for years and years and being sad for years and years and being miserable for years and years and just, you know, living in that pain body. You don't want to mm. live in that body, you know. She definitely wouldn't want me to live in that pain body. So why would I choose to do that? It's not a choice. It's what people do when they're asleep and when you're unconscious that's what you do you stay in that Mm -hmm. pain body and you live in that pain body or you can surrender and accept it and um and move forward 
Yeah, it's like you're you're resisting. Right. Right. When you don't surrender. Exactly. You're you're just resisting to what is. Exactly. And you have to accept what is. Hmm. On every level. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Which it can be it could be hard, I guess, for you know, if you just it could just be difficult, but it's definitely I think the way to um be more free and to have more peace. Of course, of course. And anything that's challenging, you know, be present and be still with it and just understand what it is and then move forward. And it's not and, you know, it's one of those things where you strive every day of your life to be the best version of yourself. But sometimes you're going to fall short. You're not always going to be awake yourself. You're not always going to be fully conscious. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not. um monks were not like Buddhists who are sitting still forever, like going through this wonderful enlightenment, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, but the point is to, to try, you know, to try to be alert, to try to be present, to try to be the best version of yourself, to try and accept things and to surrender and to understand that it is what it is and to be okay with it, to really be okay with it, to not just mm-hmm. take it is what it is, and then yeah. type away, you know, like to <laughs> <laughs> seriously accept it and to surrender. And I thought that was a perfect way to end the book, you know. Mm-hmm. That is that is so and perfect. Even though we spoke for an hour about this book, like we haven't even like scratched the surface of this book. So seriously, I know everybody. So. Has- buy that book for real for yes me. it's a must read and I really really appreciate you taking the time with us Kat oh I really God. appreciate it thank you so much for inviting me I had a great time and I enjoyed it so thank you for having me oh you're so welcome and we definitely have to get that um TM episode together yes I'm all the way in for that because mm-hmm. I love 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 transcendental meditation so me I- too Mm-hmm. And I was talking about that before, but I never did do an episode on it because I wasn't sure how I was going to approach it. But I think that us doing one because we've been practicing it now for a while would be perfect. Yeah, I'm into it 100 mm-hmm. percent. Just let me know when and I'll be here. Of course. <laughs> All righty, Kat. Well, we will talk to you later. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sean. Have a great one. And I will speak to you guys later. Thank you for having me. And that's the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you get a chance to pick up the book. Um, Definitely check out Audible. We have a special relationship with Audible. And you can pick up that book at audibletrial.com slash realshifthappens. And you will get two free audiobooks and 30 days for free on Audible. So check that out and maybe use that credit for this book and maybe use it for next month's book, which um, I will announce actually next episode. Uh, Yeah, but we definitely have a great book coming up for you and we will have Kat back to discuss our next book. Yay! So until then... Real shifters, go within and make real shift happen. Peace.